Welcome back to On The Way. I'm Beth White, your co-host. Hi, Jen Delvo. Hello. Jen, you were listening to the interview before, right? I was, yes. <laughs> Some of my favorite subjects there, especially yeah. Catholic Relief Services know, is near and dear. killing her not to jump in. <laughs> um, so, uh, so, Jen, uh, Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, too. We're excited to be with our listeners today and just um, talk a little bit about our work. You know, we spent the last eight months, uh, for those of you who listened faithfully, talking about a culture of evangelization and really breaking open those eight areas. Actually, nine months, because month number one, we broke it open. So Mm -hmm. now we're like, okay, now what theme are we going to carry us through when we have to come up with content each month? And so I talked to Jen, and I said, hey, Jen, let's start talking about these things called building blocks. So let me just set a little of the foundation, Jen, um, and then I'm going to ask you to just talk about your experience. So uh, when we got started with this whole process of building the new reality and the evangelization office and what the heck we were going to do to help parishes understand evangelization, we decided we came up with a process that we said we're going to walk with our communities, just like Dr. Angela said. We're going to accompany folks. We're going to accompany our pastors and leaders and really sort of help them understand what we mean by this modern sense of evangelization. And to do that, we have now a team of seven coordinators. Yep. Awesome. We had someone start um, <laughs> earlier in January. And um, we go out and we work individually with the communities and we accompany them on this journey um, at whatever their pace is. Mm-hmm. So in the beginning... We had a very systematic way we'd go, right? We would like, oh, meeting number one, meeting number two, meeting number three. But now, all this time later, people are getting it. They get the vision. They understand. Remember, Jen, in the early days when we would, all the way back three and a half years ago, I know. when we would talk <laughs> about, like, what is evangelization? How many of you think it's Protestant? And, like, almost all the hands went up in the room. And now when we ask that, like, no hands go up. And it's right. really exciting to see that people are really understanding what we're talking about now. Um, when we talk about building blocks, when we, what do I mean when I say that? <laughs> well, these are some of the core pieces that we really know that a parish needs in order to help for missionary disciples and build that culture of evangelization. So, so I'm going to interrupt you, Jen. Yeah. Tell our listeners why missionary disciples are so important in the work of evangelization. Simply, they're the ones who... Are going to evangelize. They're the ones who are going to help form other missionary disciples, and they're the ones who make up the culture of the parish. So if our whole goal of Renew My Church and building the new reality is this parish transformation and renewal of parish vitality, that requires the transformation of the individual people, and that means forming missionary disciples first and foremost. Because renewal actually happens within the people, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's each of us... Um, leaning into our baptismal call, each of us leaning into a deeper relationship with God, right? Yes. It doesn't, it's not a thing that happens. No, no. no. All right, so back to building blocks, I'm sorry. So missionary disciples, um, but um, so talk a little bit about um, what is this foundation that we need in the parish? 
So one of the first pieces that we look to are the leaders, basically. Mm -hmm. So first and foremost, uh, how's the pastor with all of this? You know, are we able to establish that relationship with the pastor, build the trust with him? And how engaged is he? Does he get excited about this? And to work with him to discern then an evangelization lead because pastors are busy men. Mm -hmm. And part of the whole process of Renew My Church and building the new reality is really lifting up other leaders to help support the pastor and to help build parish vitality. And so we want to uh, support the pastor in discerning who an evangelization lead is that he can empower and trust, communicate well with on a regular basis, and they'll really run point and be the person that, you know, I as the coordinator work most closely with in that community. So I'm going to, um, I'm going to talk just a little bit about the pastor. So um, we recognize that, as you said, they're very busy um, and that pastors also um, have informed oftentimes um, if they're diocesan pastors, sometimes the religious community are a little different because they have a different type of formation. But they're really formed to serve the people within the parish, like mm-hmm. they, who come through the doors. That's their job um, yes. to really serve the men and women who are in the pews, who um, are in the ministries. Um, and I say religious because they may have more of a missionary um, formation component to them. But the reason that we really want lay people to be in these leadership roles for evangelization is that we're the ones out in the world, right? We're the ones who are out there in our neighborhoods, and we really need folks who are empowered and formed who can be not just people who are leading things within the parish, like in the church, but out there, right? Yes, definitely. And so we need that um, the pastor to be able to empower someone else because it can't all be on him. And we can't expect it to all be on him. It's not on him. Right? No, not at all. And it's it's what we're called to each one of us, whether you're a, a pastoral staff member like, you know, us or you are a parishioner, that this is part of our baptismal call. This yeah. isn't something special that you're deputized to with this role. This is inherent for each of us. So we're doing some evangelism, and we're going to continue to talk about building blocks, but one of them, Jen was just mentioning, is an evangelization lead, and we also need a team members. But before we even get to that, depends. Um, it's, it, you know, sometimes we walk in and there's already a lead and a team, but we also do an inventory mm-hmm. of the parish. So talk a little bit about what that inventory is and its purpose and its genesis. So this was uh, one of the earliest pieces Mm -hmm. that we put together in our office because we recognize that we really have to learn about the parish community as it is. And that includes in a lot of these situations, figuring out what's gone on in the different you know, we kind of had to come up with the term parishes of origin. So mm-hmm. if there was a unification, what was going on in each one of the parishes that's now a part of this new parish? And see, you know, what is their experience with adult formation? How do they respond to adults seeking confirmation or RCIA? What sort of small groups have they offered? What is the the prayer life within the parish like? You know, do they have prayer ministries and groups and so forth? And this is all in an effort to kind of get a pulse of, you know, over the last five years or so, what what's this parish like and 
who might be individuals, what's their understanding of adult formation, what's their understanding of evangelization and discipleship and missionary discipleship, so that we have a, an idea of the the groundwork that's already there, and we don't presume things incorrectly, mm-hmm. and we also build on the strengths that are already there, because so many parishes have so many in, absolutely incredible pieces, mm-hmm. and we really want to honor that, and we really want to make sure we're building on their strengths, and then where there are gaps or where there are places that need reinforcements, bring the the resources of our office to really help support those so that they can, you know, be ever more mindful of that mission to form missionary disciples. And um, I just want to stress that that was a really important piece for us in the very beginning, like John said, because we really sensed that we needed to know who our parishes were. And 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 several of our parishes had extensive experience with Christ Renews this parish. Some parishes had been doing Alpha. Some parishes have done Christ Life retreats, all kinds of different retreat experiences. And that also, um, in, our, um, in our ethnic communities, we have mm-hmm. all kinds of different um, movements and uh, experiences within um, the life of the parish. And as Jen said, parish of origin, you have three different communities coming together. They have three different experiences. Yes. And so what do we do with that information, Jen? So over the course of sometimes several weeks, sometimes several months, we really use this as one of the ways that we try to get to know the parish Mm -hmm. and that this happens. Now we take all the data that we get, but this is much more of a, we ask that there are key leaders within the Mm -hmm. community. So if it's a non-reconstruction, non-structure, there's no change, physical change. We just ask for about six people to fill it Mm -hmm. out with some institutional knowledge, including the pastor. But then if it's a community that is, um, reconfigured, sort of consolidated together, unified, we ask that each community give us about five to six people. And it's a lot more data, but it gives us sort of an understanding of who do we think we are and who are we. So anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry. No. Uh, So, you know, we take this and we look through it and there's some really great Mm open-ended questions that can give us a lot of insight that for these individuals, how do they think about where the good news is proclaimed, how do they think about where missionary disciples are formed, where people encounter Jesus Christ in their parish, and how, you know, do they discern a difference between those questions is actually one of the most useful pieces, because that helps us understand more. And when we go through it, we start to see where are places that we'd like some clarification. You know, if all of a sudden we see, you know, we I worked with a pastor who I, I just loved working with and was just like, I don't know how we're going to do this. Nobody really understands evangelization. Nobody really understands witness or how do we... And so I get the inventory back from this parish, and I look at it, and I go, oh, my goodness, you have 250 women every year showing up to this amazing Advent event that involves four testimonies, a shared meal, and this phenomenal community building. That's evangelization. Every year, those 250 women are now— And there are missionary disciples within that, right? Exactly. And so when we could connect the dots that here's a a way that you're already doing this, and this isn't reinventing the wheel, this isn't something totally new, but we can build off of that and invite some of those women into this process, all of a sudden this became much more understandable and much 
easier to embrace. And again, points out where this incredible strength within this community was. So that's part of how I know I've used it in conversation with various pastors and staff so far over the years. Excellent. So we're going to take a break and we're going to be back and talk a little bit more about the building blocks and the work that we do in in the different parishes. special. (laughs) I feel great. I got good grades. We've seen a huge surge in our kids now meeting or exceeding grade level. Come check us out. You may have never thought we were an option before. Cemetery Ministry is a core ministry of our Catholic faith tied to the corporal works of mercy. It's comforting to know that our Catholic cemeteries are caring for the remains of our loved ones awaiting the resurrection. There are 44 Archdiocese of Chicago Catholic cemeteries willing to help you in your time of loss. Call 708-449-6100 or visit catholiccemeterychicago.org. Catholic Cemeteries, serving the Catholic community since 1837. You're listening to Catholic Chicago. Ahead, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Thanks for letting us be part of your morning. Now again, Catholic Chicago. Welcome back to On The Way. I'm Beth White, your co-host this morning. Uh, I'm speaking with Jen Delvo about building the new reality and how we're building it together and how we need missionary disciples at the core of this work of evangelization. And so Jen was talking a little bit about the inventory and the importance of really getting a grounding of where the parishes are. We don't, um, our coordinators don't go in with all the answers. We, we have sort of, we Think about it as almost like architects. We really want to build on what you already have and help you train the trainer kind of methodology. So, Jen, after we have an inventory and let's say they we help them discern who's a good evangelization lead and who's a good team members because we need a cross-section of the parish, right, to be a part of this. Can you talk a little bit about the team and why that's important? I think the And te- why we don't call it a ministry right. or a committee. Yeah, so... 
a committee might be one of my least favorite words in church work, <laughs> I got to say. Uh, the, the fact that it's an evangelization team is to really get across that evangelization isn't something that happens over in this corner of the church and then everywhere else is the rest of parish life and the rest of church. It's not one of many ministries, Exactly. Right? You know, uh, one of my favorite quotes is from St. Paul VI about how evangelization is the church's deepest identity. It's part of our vocation as church. And so this reason for the evangelization team and not committee or not ministry is that while there may be particular projects or tools or, or programs that are connected with our work, that their real big, you know, final goal is that every aspect of parish life is infused with evangelization. That's why we talk about a culture of evangelization in addition to forming missionary disciples, that they're called to really help bring this, you know, all of those components we've talked about for the last nine months and bring those into every aspect of parish life so that no matter where a person walks in the door, whether it's physically or even on the website or calling the parish office, that they encounter Christ and they encounter this culture there. So that means that they're connected into all different aspects of the community. So you might have some school parents, you might have some of the seniors. If there's different ethnic and cultural groups in the parish, they're represented on the team so that every dimension of parish life is able to bring this culture of evangelization to fruition. And so part of that is for a very intentional evangelization process. We get that team. We train them. We are in the midst right now of a four-week series. Um, We offer it three times a year for evangelization teams, and we give them sort of a uh, boot camp, as it were, uh, eight hours, four, four weeks of two-hour sessions on the basics of evangelization. What is a disciple and a missionary disciple? Uh, what is this culture we're talking about? And what's your role in that culture, mm-hmm. right? And so we really give them the basics, even though we will have a coordinator who accompanies them. We want all of these folks. For, so we have will have trained by the end of January over 250 people through that online course. Prior to that, I think we had probably another 150 or so that we did one-offs in parishes so um so these folks then they they activate as a team a soft entry point can you tell our listeners a little bit about what a soft entry point is or a charismatic entry point which is my preference i'm going to (laughs) differentiate between the two thank you because parishes have and and i think should have a lot of soft entry points those Mm -hmm. can be everything from you know we've just finished Christmas, but we're not too far from Lent. So those parish fish fries and things like that, or, you know, maybe there's a parish movie night or art or music is, you know, a great way. Summer festival. Exactly. I mean, Ties a prayer again, right? (laughs) Right. So these are all places where people can drift in, and they are, you know, safe in a way. They're they're understandable to an outsider who doesn't have any Catholic language or experience, but. What we're talking about with evangelization is that charismatic soft entry point. Now, that's, you know, a a different word for a lot of our listeners, I suspect. But at its essence, charismatic is simply that good news, that good news of Jesus Christ, you know, coming because of God's love to offer salvation and hope of resurrection. And so what we look for with a charismatic soft entry point is something that expresses that, something that's experiential, something that involves prayer 
and helps to build a sense of community and belonging with people. And ideally also some sort of retreat-like experience. You know, a lot of them have either a day or a weekend retreat component. So initially the evangelization team serves as the people who are implementing that charismatic soft entry point. And there is several different options that all have different uh pluses and minuses and different considerations from cost to language to length and do you want video or books and so forth. So as we're going through the inventory, as we're having these conversations with the pastor and the leadership, we're helping to discern what is the charismatic soft entry point tool that makes the most sense in this particular community because we also want that one parish to have one tool so that there is the same kind of base language and experience for everybody. And so particularly in some of our parishes have seven plus languages, you know, and the parishes I work with, we had to really think about, okay, what can we, you know, practically do because we want to make sure everyone can experience God in the way that they're most comfortable. And that often means in their original language. And what we have come to see in terms of this charismatic entry point and, um, We have this beautiful image of a pool, and we talk about the disciple's journey as like getting in the pool. Like you can be someone who hangs out around the pool, but a disciple is actually someone who will get in and then start to go a little deeper and learn Mm -hmm. some strokes. Uh, The seeker gets in, right? And then they go deeper and deeper. And then by the time that you're able to swim, you're pretty much following like as a disciple. It's a great image. And the missionary disciples, the one they'll get out, they'll give swimming lessons, they invite people in. We, mm-hmm. we love that image. Um, but this charismatic entry point is a way to just start getting in the pool, right? right? It's a soft, gentle way to sort of explore your own questions, your own thoughts. Mm-hmm. And what we know is that many people in our pews haven't gotten in the pool yet. No. They come, no. they hang out around the pool, but they haven't gotten in the pool And so it's for them as well, right? It is, definitely. And this is something here all the time is that they've learned about God, but they don't actually know God, you know, and that distinction between being able to pass that test for religious ed or theology versus that relationship component. Or they have questions and they've never really felt there's a safe space to ask those questions right. without be, being judged to be a bad Catholic or to be seen as, well, you should know this. You're right. a, a certain age or mm-hmm. you, you've been sacramentalized. You should have all of these answers already. So, you know, that's a, a very common refrain that we hear in this. And the seeker's journey and a person's journey is actually filled with questions. Mm-hmm. Always. And and really what we say is that charismatic entry point, um, we really, you should, you should leave it not with answers. You should leave it with more questions. Mm-hmm. You'll have a baseline, but but then comes the formation, the catechetical right. components, the the next steps, as it were, based on where you're at, right? Yes, and that's a, you know circling back to that inventory. Mm-hmm. That's some of why we look at those is to see where are those pieces already in the parish that can be the natural landing pad, so that when somebody has questions about scripture, is there already a Bible study that we can work with? Is there already a prayer group? If is there an RCIA? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And, and and what we came to see is that, believe it or not, listeners, many of our parishes don't have anything for adults. Mm-hmm. Nothing. No. Goose egg. 
Um, they have they focus on the kiddos, but not their parents, not their grandparents, not their aunts and uncles. They just really that they, they have very limited resources. Yeah. And that's part of the reason for Renew My Church was that 40 percent of our parishes had no one on staff doing ministry full time except father. And that isn't that isn't viable in terms of what needs to happen in our communities. Right, Jen? Right. And, you know, and I want to be clear, it's not that these parishes and these pastors don't want no, to offer anything. No, they just don't it's have the resources. they literally can't. You know, exactly. either financial, space, Human or the persons. manpower. Exactly. Yes. Right. Because the communities right. were small or had limited resources. Mm-hmm. And so there was a real need for us to sort of bring us together a little bit so that we can do more of this work to go outward, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So back to the building. Oh, were you going to say something? Okay. So back to the building blocks. So we get this soft entry point going, and then we do these next steps. Um, And then we'll start focusing on hospitality. Mm -hmm. So Jen, explain to our listeners, we don't have a lot of time, but why don't we start with just welcome ministry, hospitality? Why don't we do that? It circles back to that original question. It, those only function and help build a new reality if they're the people are missionary disciples. If they have that experience of, you know, as uh, Dr. Angela Swain was talking about, of accompaniment and meeting people where they're at, and that's a component within the charismatic soft entry point. And so by building off of the experience that they've had through that, we can help say, how can we translate that from the charismatic soft entry point into your ministry as somebody who's part of a hospitality ministry? So it's very much growing the individual as a missionary disciple so that then they can manifest that call and that vocation to serve others in hospitality in this way that is that shift versus just continuing to do things the same way but maybe with better brochures that's that's not quite what we're shooting for so So one of the the reasons we call them building blocks is we're building a foundation. Mm-hmm. So we, as Jen just said, you know, we need folks that have that inclination of being able to not just promote their ministries or get people to volunteer for their ministries. And that's not, I'm not de- denigrating that. But the point is, is who are you and what is God calling you to? Right. What are your gifts? What is your curiosity? What are your questions? And you know what? Gosh, now we have this charismatic entry point that you could go explore for yourself or we have this bible study that's been renovated or we have so we actually want parishes to do some of that interior cultivating building so that when and it takes time right Mm -hmm. jen it does and i think that's the thing is there's people who want to jump the process and start the programs without the groundwork of leadership and formation and so forth or they want to rush through, and that unfortunately can leave people behind. And then all of a sudden, you're trying to do these programs without having transformed individuals who actually are the substance and and source of that program's efficacy. So when one of the tools that we used um, is called a parable of the sower, mm-hmm. and so we can talk more about that in another conversation. But one of the things we point out in there is that some we have people have these mountaintop experiences. They go on retreat. Mm-hmm. They go through RCIA. They have these powerful moments of a charismatic entry point, and then it's over. Right. And there's nothing that the community that they go to church with doesn't feel anything like that small community that they had that incredible spiritual experience with. 
Building the new reality is creating parishes where when you come out of those mountaintop experiences, you have people that can walk with you and help you grow to wherever God's calling you to grow. Right, Jen? Right, exactly. It's not... Where it's not, it's part of the overall journey that you're being accompanied into this deepening and deepening water, right? Not mm-hmm. just done. And and getting the skill set then to help others. Yes. Because it's not all about us. No, no. Yeah. Any last words, Jen? No, I, I think anything that I try to say about this process, It'll I'll probably open long. up a whole right. new <laughs> all right. topic. All right. Well, thank you, Jen. Thank Happy you. New Year. Happy and New Year. Uh, we just really, our listeners continue to listen, and we're so excited to work with your parish if you're in this archdiocese. You will get there soon enough. Yes. Uh, one, one parish at a time. 